This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You looking to sell your home? At realestateagentsitrust.com, our goal is to ease the stress of home selling by helping you sell your home as quickly as possible at the best price possible. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I want to thank you. In just the last few months, thousands of Blaze Radio listeners just like you have contacted our agents. So if you're thinking of selling your home or if you want help buying a home, go to realestateagentsitrust.com and let our individually selected agents earn your business. realestateagentsitrust.com Here instead no, of Jeffy, that's what, that what you just said? Yeah, I said fat and fat. Uh, Jeffy is here today, and uh, so why would you? Call <laughs> uh, Stu is still at the Super Bowl, as is traditional now. I know, I know. he always misses the Friday before and the Monday after, because uh, for some reason it's a stool holiday, it's a stew a day, it has become the stew, and uh, we don't we don't get to celebrate it, but he apparently does. And since we saw him on Saturday, I'm surprised he's not. Waiting until Wednesday to come back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that extra day, that extra. We took a, uh, we stole part of the stew a day over the weekend from him. So. Yeah, indeed, we did. Um, we were there uh, over the weekend. We were at the Super Bowl site. Didn't obviously stay for the Super Bowl, but we stayed at, yeah. uh, you know, because the Super Bowl is, you know, it, it, it makes a city uh uninhabitable almost because well the prices go up like crazy there is some gouging there's some gouging the landing fee if you want to land a plane there is like eighteen thousand dollars more than it would otherwise yeah, be more than what it normally costs yes I mean, they, they have the normal more cost 18, what they're charging thousand over the top oh of my what gosh, it was yes. All the prices of dwellings go way up. The hotel rooms are ridiculous. Now, you know, so we I, wound up, there the were, what, 10 I'm of okay us? That, 10 or 12 of us uh, that, that went to San Francisco. And so instead of staying in some hotel or whatever, which would have been ridiculous, we stayed at a mansion slash slum, or what I've come to call a slumption. Thank you. It's a slumption. It's a slumption. It, it's where <laughs> apparently it's Nicolas Cage... And uh, and um, Lisa Marie, right? Lisa Marie Presley's yeah. house. I was really happy about that for their 180 days of what bliss or what? Well, about <laughs> one and a half of those days were bliss, and the other 178 and a half. How sucked. could you be married to Dick and not have bliss? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're both really wonderful people. I know. And uh, so anyway, we stayed at the house they bought together in San Francisco, and you know. I'd call it a fixer-upper kind of well, uh, yeah, possibility. 
Definitely you know? work that still needs to be needs done, to be done. In the place. Mm-hmm. But it's only, I mean... I, it's kind of cool. It's it is, somewhat large, I, I guess, for an really urban San Francisco like house. I really wanted to like it. I did it's too. four stories. I did too. It's, you know, it's got this whole yeah. the look. And every time I wanted to like it, I had to climb up another flight of stairs. So I decided, you know what? No, <laughs> I don't like it. They are, in fact, uh, putting in an elevator, which is not finished. And that's why they had it boarded up. And uh, so one day there will be an elevator if you ever get a chance to stay there at the slumption that we stay at. (laughs) Uh, Maybe it'll be done by then. Uh, But so weird. I mean, he had secret passages and secret little things in the in the tile of the bathroom. There's a little a little lock at the bottom. And then you see that part of the uh, wall has been cut out. And so you can unlock it and open up the tile in the bathroom wall. And I don't know what he stored in there. That must have been fascinating. I would love to <laughs> love to know what was probably in there. Probably like his comic book collection or something. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. Just thinking out loud. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, that was one of his 14 homes at the time. Right. One of his 14, uh, which is why he ran into some financial trouble. Despite so having made $150 million right. in you know, his career. And he, and he just says yes. He has to pretty much be, say yes to every movie How that stupid. anyone wants him to How make. How stupid do you have to be to squander $150 million? I don't know. I mean, really stupid. See, you know? Be... He was buying million-dollar cars like a Ferrari Enzo, which is, you know, a million dollars. He was buying, you know, multi-million dollar. I think this house that we stayed in was originally valued at, you know, ten or fifteen million dollars. Which is probably why he got beat up. Because I think the last, the last time that house sold was, <clears throat> it was under ten. I think. Was it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think it was seven. It I think it was seven. That when, when I heard my wife might say. be. But anyway, it doesn't. Yeah. But I'm just saying. So but he any, bought everything at, at at the peak. top value. Yeah, and then it wasn't yeah, top value. Yeah, correct. It, it, plus, he had stained glass windows that he he painted dragons on. He, I guess They're he was pretty, really into dragons. Like Some of them were dragon-related. Uh, then other uh, windows were completely naked, no stained glass. And then others were of something fish. else. And some, were, some, some had the fish because he had the big fish tank up on the, thir- on the third floor. Yeah, the a mismatch of stuff. Had this huge fish tank. Nothing matched. It was it was interesting. Yeah, it was really the gargoyles out front were cool. I love those. But if you've ever been to Graceland, and I haven't, but I've heard that the taste of Elvis probably was invested in his daughter, and so maybe she helped decorate the place. Well, I'm sure she did. And plus, it looked like maybe, uh, you know, no one's told Lisa Marie no ever. I'm sure not. Ever in her life. No one said, uh, no, Mm -hmm. honey. No. I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. It was all, you know, you know for sure. It never happened. So when they got married, it was like, oh, we should do this and this and this. And Nick was like, yeah, whatever. That's fine. Go ahead. And Probably. That was during Probably. the week of bliss? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then post bliss? Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, just stop. We're not going to do that. A really was, weirdly laid really out weird. place, though. Really weird. Uh, anyway, triple eight seven two seven back. So, that was Super Bowl weekend. We did not stay there for the actual Which Super I'm Bowl. I'm glad of. I am, too. I, really, to be honest. I'm okay I mean, with that. We going joke around game. about going to the game and stuff. And yeah, I don't yes, care. Yes, it would, you know. Would have been nice. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to go to the Super Bowl. I guess. Just to say you would have been there. But the traffic and the hassle. I was kind of glad to be back home with my family. Me too. So that was nice. Me too. Uh, And we just uh, watched it at home. And, of course, the Denver Broncos, along with Peyton Manning, 
won the Super We're Bowl. Victorious. 24-10 over the uh, Carolina Panthers. And uh, Peyton did get his second Super Bowl ring, which is great because now we won't have to hear. Well, he only won one Super Bowl, so he wasn't really that very good. He wasn't very good in the postseason. He was a really good regular season quarterback, yeah. but he sucked in the postseason. Only won one Super Bowl. Even his brother Eli won two. So he matched yeah. that. So uh, <laughs> I'm really glad he's not going to have to hear all that. I know. You know, they don't do that to Dan Marino, really. Dan Marino was an awesome quarterback who won zero Super Bowls. He went to one. He went to one. And they lost. And Marino's kind of a different animal, though, other than, rather than Peyton, though, right? Because Peyton always was promoted as the, you know, the second coming. And he had some great teams. And he had some, I mean, during the regular season, there were teams that you know, lost a couple of games. They were all, you know, as they were... The road was mapped with gold all the way to the Super Bowl. And then the first game of the playoffs well, came. A lot of that was game. him, though. A lot of that was, I mean, the Colts, when he went there, sucked. And he, <laughs> he made that, a huge difference. But that's what I mean, right? So The Broncos, when he went there, kind of sucked. And he brought them back. Yes, he did. Uh, he's a pretty good quarterback. He's all right. Yeah, he's, he's one right. of the best ever. One of the best ever. And, and yesterday now. may be his last game I hope it is. of all time, and it looked I, like it to I me. hope it is. He, he needs to. I mean, he's, he's not the same. And he's know? not going to say it. I mean, he wants, every, he wants the Super Bowl to be the lead story, and then is Peyton going to retire? If he comes out last night and says, right. I'm going to retire, then the Super Bowl he's, is secondary. He's too much of a class act yeah, to do that. He's not going to do that. And he didn't do that. Instead, what he did was promote Budweiser, which I think he was paid for. Everybody's saying, no, he said he wasn't paid for that. That was a pay take. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. He owns a percentage of some kind of Budweiser thing in Louisiana, Our... and so he's not going to get paid for it. But he got paid for it because he owns a couple of, uh-huh. a couple of beer, beer, beer stores. Right. Okay. Distributorships? Yeah. He, he owns for, those. For Peyton Manning, owns, that's a beer store. He also owns a bunch of uh, um, Papa John's. Yeah. Uh, pizza outlets, and so this guy is setting himself up for later on. And then I'm sure he'll have either a broadcast career or an acting career. I mean, he's great uh, in the in the roles he gets for commercials. Could he translate that to a movie? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Some have done it. Some have done it. O.J. He ain't. <laughs> no. No. Okay, OJ here. No, and he'll never break the single-season record for double murders uh, by an NFL player. <laughs> he'll never break that. He'll never break that. OJ no, will, will hold not. that record for for a long time. I know so. we're talking about the Super Bowl, but we have the new OJ movie coming out pretty soon, too. Oh, right? I've been seeing that advertised. I don't know. That, are we ready for that? Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll ready? see. It's we'll been 20, 21, yeah, 22 years. It doesn't seem that long, I guess. Yeah, 22 years. It's a the long case time. case has been in our face since, though. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, wasn't and like, we heard nothing but that for years. Right. So uh, we were pretty tired of it. But, I mean, they're going to do it whether we're yeah, ready for it or not. So here it comes. Uh, some of the big uh, uh, commercials last night were the avocados from Mexico ad. Here's a look at what that was like. If you missed it. Behold the bounty of Earth. This is the cube of Rubik. This simple puzzle was actually considered unsolvable by the humans. Did they not have brains? Um, Simple ones. Now, this was apparently a 21st century torture device. How long would they keep them strapped in there? Sometimes hours at a time. Pretty gruesome. 
And over here we have their alphabet. It was called emoji. Few symbols could express the vast extent of their emotion. Uh, they had chia pets, just like we do. And this is the white and gold dress that caused the Civil War. This is Scott Bayo. But most amazing of all are the avocados from Mexico. They're always in season, so you can enjoy them all year long. Anybody want to feed Scott Bayo? It's included in the price of admission. No? I mean, he double dipped. He'll, he'll regenerate. No, he won't. He was a quad mogurt. Avocados from Mexico. <laughs> It's uh, <laughs> a pretty, a pretty creative ad. Uh, really creative. A little weird, but very creative. Uh, Scott Bayo. <laughs> and this is Scott Bayo, and they just move we'll on. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone want to feed Scott Bayo? It's included in the price of your admission. <laughs> no. No. Okay. <laughs> Did they have a brain? <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, it is. Really uh, good. Here's a Hyundai uh, Ryanville ad. Oh yeah, this is this good. Give me a warning? Sure. Warning. Here comes your ticket. <laughs> oh, in my face! So aggressive! A car that doesn't get distracted. Auto emergency braking with pedestrian detection on the all-new Hyundai Elantra. Okay. Uh, nice. Mean, that was uh, whatever. Well, yeah, I was looking for the tweet that came in when that. Notice first... they didn't do Jeffyville. We don't have to look. <laughs> we don't have to discuss, worry about the tweet that I was looking for either. That was going to add a little bit to that story either. What? What? What was the tweet? Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. No. Oh, look, there's a new Jeep ad that we missed, too. All right. Let's, let's take a look it. at that. Let's see it. Really? Yeah. Let's see it. I've seen things no man should bear. <laughs> and those that every man should dare. From the beaches of Normandy to the far reaches of the earth. In my life, I have lived millions of lives. I've outrun robots and danced with dinosaurs. I've faced the faces of fear and fortitude and witnessed great beauty in the making. I've kept the company of kings and queens, but I'm no royalty or saint. I've traveled, trekked, wandered, and roamed, only to find myself right where I belong. Yeah, it's a bore. Right? That's not a Super Bowl ad. Come on. Right? That's like an every. That's a Monday ad. You know, that's a like. Uh, that was a last Thursday ad. <laughs> right. That's or not a least, Super Bowl ad. Maybe a maybe a, a playoff. Come a on. Playoff. Not even that good. I don't think it's a regular season ad. That's like it's. It's, you week know, 10. It, yeah, week it's 10. week 10, week 10 of the NFL. Maybe it's a Saturday night and week 10. They've got a special Thursday edition of Saturday games. Oh, no, we can't do that because we have college. <laughs> jobs, so we're not doing that. We're not they breaking, do that anyway. We're not breaking into ESPN. Okay. No. All right. Ooh. 
interesting. Triple eight said we got more of those to show you. We have to watch a couple of them because yeah, some, some of them are really, really good. good. Yes. Uh, more patent stew with Jeffy coming up. Look, everybody wants clean, great tasting water, but what's really the best way to get it? You might wonder to yourself, what is the best way to get Well, Jeffy's going to wheel over because he's being our Carol Narrow right now, or our Vanna right White, here. if you will. Fortunately, not wearing the same type of apparel that the, either one of them wear. I could. And uh, you'll find this uh, from our friends at My Patriot Supply. This thing is fantastic. A lever. That's good, That's good Jeffy. That's good. He found a lever. That's how you get the water out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of the, uh, the really popular filters, they just don't really seem to do much. That's why our friends at My Patriot Supply have developed the Alexa Pure Pro. It's an innovative unit, and it fits on your countertop. It looks great, and it removes up to 99.99% of all contaminants for just pennies a gallon. Plus, it's really easy to use. So visit blazewater.com or just call 888-895-7746 today to order your Alexa Pure Pro. It ships right to your door for free. And it's more effective than the most common filters at a fraction of the long-term cost. So check with them today. Visit blazewater.com or call them toll-free at 888-895-7746. My Patriot Supply. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. And then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu today with Jeffy. Stu is still uh, in San Francisco, uh, enjoying the aftermath of the Super Bowl extravaganza, right. which, which was won by Peyton Manning and the Broncos twenty four ten over the Carolina. Nobody gave him a chance. Nobody gave him a chance. No, their defense uh, held strong. Yeah, they did. They looked good. Now Peyton did not win that game for him. Uh, the defense no, he did not. Definitely did. Yes. Uh, did Von Miller get the MVP? Yes. Yeah, he was. He was awesome. Guys, he's he's a beast. So uh, that it was, and it, and really, it was kind of a boring game, wouldn't you say? Yeah, overall, it kind was. of a boring you game. Know, it was, it was a defensive I, I struggle do, like I, that. I was giving uh, Carolina the benefit of the doubt. I'd only watched them, uh, you know, a couple times over the season. Everybody was uh, hating on them, and uh, then I see during the game last night why people hated on them. Yeah, uh, Cam Newton was uh, really nasty in the post-game interview. And uh, part of that, what we tried to get Glenn to understand on radio 
it's, you know, he, he's a competitor, and he had just lost the game, and then all the microphones right. are in your face, and all the questions start coming. But, and you're just pissed off. And you want to give I do. I can understand I do, that I can, too. I, I can understand it, too. But then, really? But no. you, on the no. other hand, you make $13 million dollars a year. It's your job. That's right. That's your job. It's be also a human being. Be a man. Suck it job up. So yeah. that if you are not ready to face that, to say, well, just wait a second. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You know they've got they've got their promotions people. They've got their press people that can say, you know, wait a second, just take it easy, take a breath. Yeah. Instead, he went out there and gave one word answer: no, no, we did. yes, no. we lost. They scored more points. Yeah, no, I was I didn't play good. There was no congratulations to Denver. Congratulations yeah. to Peyton Manning. Which would, would have been great. Probably the best quarterback uh, ever. And we're told Anything. he's such a hot dog. We're told all year long by all of his apologists that, oh, it's the joy and love of the game. That's what right. he just can't contain the love he has for football. He's having so much fun out there, he can't control it. Okay, then that's got to translate. To when you lose as well. Yes, it does. Right? You got to be a little bit better loser if you're that great a winner. Be a little bit better a loser. And they're the team that has, uh, you know, a 10-minute touchdown dance. Uh-oh, and at an least. an 18-minute interception yeah, run for a first stuff. down dance, which I hate. And I don't care but if then, you're black or white. That's not a race thing. No, I didn't. I, I don't know I any white guys who do it. But if it is, if there are white guys doing it, I hate that. I'm just making it clear to all the detractors. Oh, it's because he's black that you don't like it when they dance. No, it's only do. because they're black that you don't like it when they dance. <laughs> Bull crap. <laughs> if Peyton Manning That's was doing that, if he's tearing off his voice. shirt and exposing the Superman S... When when he scores a touchdown, I would hate that too. But you notice Peyton Manning doesn't comport himself that way. And I got news for you. I, I don't want to, as long as you brought it up, I, just a reminder that Superman is white. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, so. But that's a racist thing. He oh, should sorry. be. Anyway, it does, I, that's not uh, the farthest thing from my mind. But then you see uh, Denver guy. The one sticks in my head where they, they got a first down that was tight. And he stands up and gives the first down. And you see the. Carolina come by and yeah, give him a slap push. the ball out of his hand. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. You're the, you guys they are were, the worst they at were doing all sports. that. They were poor sports. That was not a 17 and 1 team. No, it was not. They don't act like they've been there. They no. don't act like they are there. And I, I just, I don't, I don't have any patience for that. So say what you want. Oh, it's the love of the game. They just all are so joyful when they uh-huh. play. That's what I heard okay. on the NFL <laughs> Network last week. They're so joyful when they play. It's the love and joy. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I don't want to hear that anymore. Triple uh, 888-727-BECK. All right. Some of the uh, commercials. That were pretty good. I, I think this was a better year for commercials than we've had uh, in a long time. There were some that were pretty I have good. To go back. I got to go back and remember. I mean, they're all every year. I, I look at them. Every think, year, I've, lately, I've been thinking these suck. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't think that last night as much. Really? Yeah. 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 Some of them were like. Some of them were very strange. Um, I don't know if I saw the Taco Bell one, but we're about to. Here, okay, good. Here's a look at Taco Bell. Which I got. Cheese in the shell. This oh, is yeah. going to be bigger than the man buns. 
This is gonna be bigger than Tinder. This is gonna be bigger than drones. What? It's gonna be bigger than aliens! Than aliens? Oh, it's gonna be bigger than James Harden's beer! This is gonna be bigger than those things. It's gonna be bigger than football. Real football. Like it's gonna be bigger than everything. <laughs> Yeah, that was weird. They're bigger than everything. That was kind of weird. Yeah, but a uh, nice little cameo from what's his face from Star Trek. If though. you want to, uh, if you want to roll right into that was a little weird. Mm-hmm. Into a lot weird. That was weird. Yeah. This. Okay. Yes. Uh huh. Puppy. Monkey. Monkey. Baby. Baby. Thing. I, I don't monkey, get this. Baby. Really don't get this. But man, maybe you I do. might just chill tonight. Puppy. Monkey. Baby. Puppy monkey 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 that is just bizarre. That's really bizarre. Bizarre. Three things and they come up with puppy, puppy, puppy monkey, monkey baby. baby. I mean, that's doing some LSD. Yeah. That's, okay. That's doing that's, that's right? doing some drugs. Stop. Seriously, I mean, you're you're a veteran of that scene. <laughs> you know of what you speak that, right now. And that's what it takes to come up with puppy monkey baby. It's LSD, right? That's a yeah. that's a bad I mean, acid that's, trip. Yes. That's not even a good acid trip. No. <laughs> that's, a, oh, that's a bad one. Not. I was being attacked. Oh, I, had, I couldn't golly. move for hours. I was being attacked by a, a puppy monkey baby. I mean, yeah, it's, come on. No. No. No, honey. No. All right. Uh, T-Mobile uh, from yesterday. Oh, this was really good. Mm-hmm. 53 state wins and T-Mobile. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen, folks, I have to apologize again. Look, those were last year's numbers. It says right here on the card. T-Mobile doubled their LTE coverage in the last year. And with more LTE towers than Verizon, T-Mobile reaches pretty much everyone they do. I'm not taking responsibility on this one. Uh Uh-uh, Verizon got it wrong. Yes, not me. Join the millions that switched. (laughs) That's a pretty good response to the Verizon ad, which is, it it, it is impactful, because you see all the balls go into their little thing in you. Yes, it is. like, that's an independent study. That it must sure be true. Does. It says right on there that's an independent. That's not their study. That's an independent study that they had done. Well, and they get all the balls. Yep. <laughs> so T-Mobile made a little bit of uh, uh, fun with that. Um, then there was the LG TV ad, which went a little something like this. There is a revolution coming. Excuse me. Oh, There's you don't Yeah. Oh, it's sun? Yes. Like a perfect picture on glass. And this future, it must be protected. <laughs> What's it got to do with me? Look. What is it? It will change everything. That's why they want to stop it. They will come after you without cease. Because the future belongs to us. LG OLED, perfect picture on glass. Who are you? 
will come now. I've already told you. The future is staring back at you. LG OLED TV. Eh. Okay. Yeah, plus, I can't That's take okay. it anymore. I know. I'm I'm a little tired of him. I'm way over him so bad. I can't yeah. I can't tell you. Well, he says such stupid things. His his last few rants on, on the guns <sighs> in America really pushed me over the edge on him, and I can't I I can't even hardly listen to him. Anymore. I know. It's hard to separate that. Uh, and then the mini car ad. Um, well, I heard about this one, but I haven't seen it. Is this the one with uh, uh, the Serena Williams? Uh, we're about to see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about this. I'm fascinated mm-hmm. to see it. All right. This is a chick car. This is a gay car. This is a short man's car. This is a cute car. Slow car. This is a single young professional car. This car has no street cred. This car ain't hip-hop. Kidless. Cute. Small. This car doesn't care what you call it. Defy labels. The new mini club man. I will say. I mean, again, not a Super Bowl ad. No, but I will say I like the minis. Do you? I'm a fan of the minis, yeah. And. You can't fit in a mini. I know for a fact they have fat. It's fat guy seating. (laughs) Is it really? Yes, it is. That's hard when to they believe. Brought him, I know, but when they brought him back, I, we, I wouldn't think I had, could fit in a minute. No, it's comfortable. They're comfortable. Yeah, we get in, you sit back. It's comfy. You got fat guy room. The only thing that's that, a problem is if uh, you're wearing your uh, extra wide tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the space between the accelerator and the brake, because they're you know it's a stick shift, so you got to keep taking your foot off the accelerator and braking. So you got to wear your thin shoes when you drive the mini. Good safety tip. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Jeff. No problem. For those of you that are... I haven't driven a stick for a long time. I've missed driving a Long stick. time. Uh, all right. And then the uh, Dor- Doritos baby ad, which we're going to tell you about uh, in a second. A little bit controversial. Uh, which here is, is amazing. Amazing. You're not... If you don't know the story, you're not going to... And there's it. your beautiful baby. Any day now. Really? You're eating Doritos? He's eating Doritos on my ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I have to do? I know. <laughs> Give me that. So <laughs> <laughs> the baby obviously shot out of her womb. Then to get I the can't Doritos. Believe uh, they're portraying that mother as being that right. That oh my nasty. golly, uh, that's that's pleasant compared to what I've experienced uh, during childbirth, <laughs> and rightly so. I mean, they're in some significant pain. Uh, what's her face on uh, Home Improvement put it put it this way? You try having a ten pound turkey shoot out your butt and see how you feel. Uh, it's kind of what it feels like to them, apparently. Uh, but uh, Nayral is not fond of it because um, they say the commercial used an anti-choice tactic by humanizing fetuses. <laughs> yes, Pat, by humanizing fetuses. God, I, I just cannot believe that. Uh, Nayral, here's the actual tweet. Uh, that Doritos ad using anti-choice tactic of humanizing fetuses and sexist tropes of dads as clueless and moms as uptight. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. That's amazing. That is. Humanizing fetuses. How dare uh, how they? How 
dare you pretend like that is a human being in the womb? That's where we're at. It Boy, is. That is where sure we is. are at. Well, they can't have that. They can't have you think that that is going to be a human being or is a human being. They have to let you believe that be that's it. tissue or that's a I mean, piece of fight, broccoli or that. a Brussels sprout that's growing they, in there. That's why they fight the uh, uh, the ultrasounds before the abortion, right? If you go in, if you go in for an abortion, right. fine. We'll let you decide. You can you can say yes, and we'll give you the abortion. But guess what? We want you to take a look at the broccoli first. And ninety percent of the time, ninety plus percent of the time, once they see the ultrasound they choose to have the baby because it humanizes <laughs> the human. I thought it was just that everybody finally decided they liked broccoli. <laughs> no, no, because you could get that at the store. You don't have to go through nine months of broccoli growing in your stomach. Uh, you don't have to do that. So, uh, And then a guy like uh, Harry Reid has a 100% rating uh, like eight out of 12 years with NARAL. It's unbelievable. It's un. Believable. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. More patents too. Is on the way. We got an interview. Great interview with uh, Bart Starr Jr. Coming up in just a second. Stu and I did over the weekend. It's Pat Stewart. Uh, with Jeffy today, uh, over the weekend, we were, uh, we were all in San Francisco for... Actually, what we went there for was the Super Bowl breakfast, the right. Bart Starr Super Bowl breakfast. Which was, A, a nice event. I mean, it's a great it's event. It's been awesome going on event. for years now. That I had no idea that it was really going on. I, mean, you I hear, didn't know either. Every year, you, I guess you read a little blip on it, and you think, oh, okay, cool. But it's really a huge event. It is. And it's really cool that we're a part of it now. There were... A ton of people there. Oh my gosh! Two thousand, maybe it was a yeah, lot. Yeah, it was a lot. It was it, it was, was a lot. It was a lot. And seeing, you know, they bring the the past winners and the people who are involved in the Bart Star Breakfast, who are, you know, many of them former NFL stars. Yeah. Uh, that are, you know, you look at them and think, all these guys you've watched on play football forever. Yeah, I got to meet so somebody great. I've always wanted to meet. I know. I was happy for you. Uh, Steve Young sat at the table right next to us, and so uh, yeah. The whole time he was up there talking, I was thinking, Pascal, I got to, I, has got to go, just yeah, push already, his way through. I already met, already got to push him through. By then, um, uh, Bruce, our sales guy, introduced me to him. Okay, and, good. Uh, so yeah, because I was back with the other, some other clients and some people. The other people that were at the table were the people that put uh, the event together. Uh, so I mean, we were at a different table, but it was fascinating mm -hmm. to watch uh, watch the show. Yeah, it was how it evolved. It was because uh, Steve was sitting right at the table next to me, and then they had him come up on stage because they had all these legends and Hall of Famers tell their stories. Um, it was part of the show that they were going to, you know, just talk right. about old times. And I, I mean, it was one of the most entertaining sure events was. of that kind I've ever been. It sure was uh, that I've ever attended. It, they all had great stories. They told them in very humorous ways. They were really funny. Steve Young was great. Mike Ditka was great. Tony Dungy was great. They, you know, uh, Staubach was was funny. They were they were all really really fun. It was an, it was an enjoyable event. The uh, food itself was not was not great. 
I would say. No? No. Well, I thought the... the food itself The, the was, fruit? Yeah, the fruit was... The coffee? I didn't have any of the coffee. Uh, the ice water? Okay, the ice water was very uh, cold. Some of the and rolls? Y- y- the rolls? The butter were, and the jelly? Mm-hmm, that was good. Um, <laughs> there was chocolate squares, the, the Ghirardelli chocolate yes, squares. Yes, there cream. were. The Ghirardelli uh, was good. Not that I, uh, not that that I good. had any. I mean, I just Me saw Me neither. I had three. Saw them there. But, uh... Um, saw them there. You know how you... You know how you I'll give you another fat guy tip. All right. How you can make it seem like you didn't have as many as you did. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. Give me the fat guy tip. You take a handful, but you always give one to someone. <laughs> so you. St- That's good. <laughs> I like that. So you don't feel as bad, and it uh-huh. makes it look like, oh, like, he just oh, gave them away. Wow. He, he just yeah. gave them away. He, he took a few, grabbing. but he's actually giving he them out. Take a few, That's he's why. giving them out. Yeah. Uh-huh. You just toss one to <laughs> someone, a nice girl sitting at the table with you, but you deep pocket six. Anyway, it's a good safety tip. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Uh, but this was a fun event, and Brent Jones was the kind of the MC of the event uh, from the San Francisco 49ers. Really good. Uh, had a chance. Glenn had a chance to interview him. He was wearing his three Super Bowl rings at the time. Pretty cool. Show off, whatever. <laughs> whatever. You're so jealous. You wanted one of those for Elvis so I did. bad. I and did. You didn't get one. I know. I, I did. Get I, one. I admit it, okay? I wanted a Super Bowl. Yeah. I wanted my son to have a Super Bowl ring. I'm sorry. You know what was funny? Was one of the guys from, uh, I think it was, a, I think he said he was, I didn't know who he was, but he came over and introduced himself to Glenn, and I was kind of distracted with somebody else talking to me. And then I looked up, and he's like, oh, I'm a big fan of your guys. And he was from the first Super Bowl and had a Super Bowl ring. Or was it, maybe it wasn't the first, it was the one of the first five Super Bowls. Okay. But he had a Super Bowl ring, and he gave it to Rafey for a minute to look at and put on, and Rafey drops it, and it rolls under the table. <laughs> like, oh my, it's only like a $50,000 ring that he just, and we're all on our it. knees under the table looking for this, and for a long time. Couldn't find it. Had to it. be a minute, minute and a half. Those, those, I'm like, come on, it those can't have gone away. Those seemed like they're forever, well, it seemed like, too. And he's just standing there like, uh, <laughs> please find my Super Bowl ring. Those are hard to come by. <laughs> and we finally did. Oh, man. I'm glad, I wish I had been sitting uh, at that yeah, table. It was fun. It would have been a shame not to find it. Yeah, wouldn't it have been? Anyway. Uh, we, you would have been the first person we would have frisked. <laughs> uh, but we had a chance to interview the son of one of my childhood heroes. What a heroes, nice guy. My biggest childhood hero, Bart Starr, whom I loved. And I had read books about by the time I was like seven years old in school. Um, and his son is just a great guy, Bart Starr Jr. Here's our interview, or part one of our interview with Bart Starr Jr. Hey, it's Pat and Stu with uh, Bart Starr Jr. Wow. Uh, this is awesome. This is just uh, such an honor. And you obviously are, are here uh, for your father's namesake breakfast. Um, how's he doing, first of all? He's doing significantly better than he was a year ago. Yeah. He was uh, beginning the recovery process from the multiple strokes and seizures and heart attack that he had had. And um, mm. you're aware that he made it up to Green Bay. Oh, yeah. The for the, exactly. For the, yeah. So the progress he made during the calendar year 2015 was pretty astonishing, especially given what we had been told was uh, the more likely scenario, which was a very modest recovery. 
Wow. And now he did about six weeks ago suffer a broken bone in his hip, but that is now healed. So step two in his recovery process is about to begin. And I, I feel real confident that if we make the same sort of progress this year that we did last year and don't have any further setbacks such as what I just described, he'll make next year's event in Houston without question. That would be awesome. You, you mentioned uh, the event he attended uh, during the course of the season, and that was uh, Brett Favre's uh, number retirement ceremony. Yes. There was talk that, I mean, that was just a miraculous, Herculean effort just to be there, right? That he, on behalf that he of really him. wanted to be there on behalf of Brett Favre and the Packers. He did, and athletes respond to goals, and, and we stressed that to him over and over again, that uh, the Packers organization, the Packers fans, and Brett Favre really wanted him there. The uh, Packers almost had Brett uh, have a similar ceremony in the fall of 2014, but that was follow, uh, just immediately following Dad's setbacks with his strokes. Yeah. Brett was very gracious to wait a year, basically, because mm. although he and Dad have distinct backgrounds, they have that common bond of coming from the South, going North, and leaving, right. the, leaving the Packers to success, and they've always had a great friendship. So it was very gracious of Brett to allow dad to share in half of his halftime ceremony you know i i grew up uh a packers fan my whole life my dad was a big packer fan and so he he uh he kind of instilled that in me and and i remember i i think i was um six years old when the ice bowl happened and <laughs> sure. i still have that indelible memory of him sneaking in of, of your dad sneaking into the end zone for the touchdown there to beat the cowboys what, what was that like growing up in that household? That had to really be something. Was there pressure to become like a football player? How, how, how was that? Dad never suggested that I should become a football player or anything such as that. Now, back then, football players were part of the middle-class fabric of the United States. Uh, they did not make more or less <laughs> right. money than the average person. And, and right. so it wasn't sort of a, a disparate um, segregation, if you will, between you know the athletes in the community and everybody. They were just right interwoven into, um, and, and as you, can, you know, Green Bay is a very much a blue-collar blue town, town. Mm -hmm. and uh, athletes had jobs in the off-season and so forth, and I, I remember Dad, when I was young, talking to me about the fact that what he did was no more or no less important than what anybody else did. It just so happened that what he did put him on television, but he explained right. you know, that with the, uh, the accountants next door and the architects and the restaurateurs and so forth, they were... Uh, uh, absolutely as committed and as big a contributing factors to society as everybody else, just they weren't as well known. Yeah. And so he never thought of himself as, as a, anything sort of special because he played football. He just realized that it allowed him greater visibility. Did he have an off-season job? He did. He uh, had did his real estate license. <laughs> wow. You yeah. imagine? That would be so cool. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's hard to imagine because if you put that in today's, it'd be like, you know, Cam Newton. <laughs> showing people homes yeah. uh, in the like summertime. Uh, Cam Newton's face on a, on a bench for his real estate agency in front of the stadium in which he's making millions and millions of dollars. It would be kind of weird. Training camp was a little longer back then because one of the reasons training camp was longer, the players needed time to get in shape. Right. Wow. Yeah. And now it's year-round, year obviously. It's amazing. I mean, I, growing up as a huge football fan, I mean, your name, your dad's name, it's like a superhero name. It's like Captain it America. It's like, it it's amazing. And it was, I was fascinated by something you spoke about, about how, you know, he's, he's a regular guy and yes. he's living a regular life. And I, don't, I think a lot of times we don't think of, of, of people like that when they're in the spotlight. You talked about, you told an amazing story about the way your dad and your mom um, fostered their relationship. Can you, yes. can you talk about that a little? Absolutely. I think that 
Uh, it sounds cliche-ish, doesn't it, to, to say, you know, you should do something special for the people who mean something to you every day. Mm -hmm. uh, and not that many people do, but I, I've been witness to it. Um, I'm 58 years old, so by the time you can start remembering things, whether you're three or four or five, I, I don't remember a day when they would forget to reach out. And, and you know, my, my dad's, I think, uh, greatest legacy with respect to my mom was not only telling her what she meant to him, but showing it with um, sweet little notes each morning, each evening. And, uh, and she felt... I know she felt like she was the uh, the most adored woman in the world, and that was nice. genuinely how he felt toward her. That's that, and that matters more than anything else. Uh, I, my daughter Shannon, uh, uh, my oldest daughter, I remember she came uh, back from school one day. She was maybe in third grade, and she said, Dad, there's uh, something really exciting I need to tell you. Uh, and I said, what's that, sweetie? She goes, did you know granddaddy's famous? <laughs> and I said, what? And, she, she, and I said, I, I, of course, playing along, I said, really? And she said, oh, he won these things called championships and Super Bowls and all this stuff. And it, that really resonated with me because from my dad's perspective, that's not how he wanted to be known to her. He mm -hmm. wanted to be known as a, a loving husband and a loving grandfather and, and, a, and a good person in the community, that that transcended anything you might accomplish on the, on the football field. Uh, today featuring uh, Pat and Jeffy. Um, on, uh, on Sunday, much is being made about uh, Eli Manning and his post-game yeah. photograph. I guess the, the family was... was the fourth quarter or whatever, yeah. The family was uh, taken... Uh, somebody took a picture of the family in the booth. Yeah, the TV network shot up into the Manning booth. And Eli didn't look happy. At this one particular moment, so everybody's making a big deal out of it, like, oh, he didn't want his brother to win this. Yeah. I think that's nonsense. I think it was resting bitch face. I'll go with that. I think that. it was RBF. I'll go with that. It was resting he, bitch it, face. It, or it, he was caught in a moment where he's thinking about something else or whatever. I, I think he was looking. I think, he's got to be look, happy. Look, he's an NFL brother, quarterback, right? first yeah. of all. So he's at an NFL game. He's not watching what you and I watch. Yeah. Okay? When yeah. he watches a, a film of a game, he's looking for something else. So I just had a feeling that something was happening. If you look at him, he's looking, still looking out onto the field. And I think that everybody's celebrating for what's going on, but he's looking at something else. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I'll give him that, I'll give him that benefit. There. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, I'm not saying that he's sitting there going, damn Peyton. I've <laughs> always hated him. me now. Always. I, I can't, I have something of my own. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I, on the other hand, I am so glad now that Peyton has at least matched Eli. <laughs> that had to happen, right? Oh, he's the greatest that, quarterback ever. He can't even catch Eli. That had to happen. <laughs> All right, triple eight seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. A record number, according to the Wall Street Journal, record number of U.S. citizens and uh, green card holders have cut ties with the U.S. Uh, in this past uh, year, and that was apparently because of taxes. Bye. Yep. See you later. They, uh, uh, record 4,279 individuals renounced their U.S. citizenship or long-term residency, according to the Treasury Department. Wow. Last year was the third year in a row for record renunciations. But think about that. 4,279 out of 320 right. million. 
Right. Come, Come on. on. An increasing number of Americans appear to believe that having a U.S. passport or long-term residency isn't worth the hassle and cost of complying with U.S. tax laws. Okay, well, well then good. Get okay. out. Yeah, I mean... Get out. To your point. Get out. 4,000 people. Yeah. Come on. That's not that many. No. I mean, is it a record number? Yeah, I guess so. But so what? It's a tiny, tiny, tiny record number. Yes. It just shows you the greatness of this country. Triple eight seven two six back. More Pat and Scoop. Uh, we'll have more of the interview we did with Bart Starr Jr. also. Coming up. Who's not here? Uh, Jeff is, however. Uh, now, dry your eyes. Some people for are. Those of you will yeah, it's, uh, why, you know, Stu's not here. Dry your eyes. He'll be okay. Well, he'll be back tomorrow. Um, but uh, Trump appears apparently, according to lots of observers, Trump appeared to be off his game a little bit. Yeah, that's what uh, we just before the New Hampshire uh, vote. And uh, a lot of people think that maybe it's because he's lost that little aura of invincibility. You know, he's a winning winner who only wins. Never changes his mind. Never changes his mind. Never except goes when he back does. on his word. Except when he does. But those are the only <laughs> times you're right, Jeffy. What I'm saying is you're exactly right. Oh, thank those you. are the only times. Thank you. Uh, Trump's rally at the at Plymouth State University in Plymouth. Plymouth State University? I've never heard of that. Huge school. Plymouth State Plymouth. University. Yes. <laughs> really? Oh, my gosh. How'd yes. they do in the playoffs this year? Oh, uh, they, they dropped like a rock. Ah, dang it. Uh, it seemed to fall flat with many of the students and the undecided voters in the crowd. 45 minutes into his speech, a steady stream of attendees were seen leaving as nice. he railed against U.S. trade policy. Uh-oh, and Dave Ross uh, of Seattle's uh, K-R- K-I-R-O. Uh-huh. Cairo. He's going to be in trouble with uh Yes, with steady Trump. stream of people he leaving. Actually, he's, he's a loser. Said it. He's a loser. Said it out loud. Nobody listens to uh, Dave Ross at Cairo anymore. You're <laughs> that loser. Don't even know that station exists. Losing loser who loses. <laughs> Why would you listen to Dave Ross? Seattle? Uh-oh, Katie what a Tour losing of, city. Katie Tour of NBC News <laughs> noticed as well. Oh, oh my God. What a loser. Oh, no. Oh, no. And don't tell me about Devin Jean McCormick, <laughs> an independent voter and graduate student who was torn between, listen to Oh, this, my gosh. Torn beto- between Trump and the Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Sanders. What kind of moron are you? Uh, she called Trump's speech scattered. Her mother, Louise McCormick, agreed, but the professor uh, at the college says... She's leaning toward voting for Trump. Oh, isn't that special? That's but, special. That's good from the... Uh, fascinating stuff. It, you know, it's it's interesting because I think he is losing his so. aura I hope a so. little bit. I hope it's starting to... I hope he's starting to get it chipped away a little bit. And uh, maybe that's why, you know, when you saw mm-hmm. him come out after Iowa and be his, you know, fake, gracious self... Yeah. And then, and then he came back around being Mr. Smartass, Mr. Dick, Mr. Mm-hmm. I'm... I'm yeah, I, 
right in everybody's face. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, he comes back to New Hampshire and was Mr. Laid back, Mr. I'm okay, everything's mm -hmm. okay. I don't have to win New Hampshire, it's okay. I don't have to win New Hampshire. I mean, it'd be nice. It'd be nice, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't have to win it. Yeah, he's setting it up like maybe his, uh, his, his polls there are a little inflated as well, huh. just like they were in Iowa. Well, well nobody see. tweets anything. It might wreck somebody's... Yeah, I know. Take the, take the whole vote away. So <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, as far as the debate over the weekend, uh, here was Ted Cruz. I want to see this. I, answering on drugs, which I have not. I have not seen it either. And there were uh, the headlines on this were great. Yeah, and I'd like to, I'd like to hear Ted's thoughts. Well, you're about Josh, to. as you noted, this is a problem that, for me, I understand firsthand. Uh, my older sister Miriam, who was my half sister. Uh, struggled her whole life with drug and alcohol addiction. Uh, my father and her mom divorced when she was a little girl and she was angry her whole life. Mm -hmm. And she ended up marrying a man who'd been in and out of jail. She then became a single mom and she herself went to jail several times and she ended up spending some time in a crack house. Mm. I, I still remember my father and me driving up to get Miriam out of that crack house to try to convince her she needed to be a mom to, to my nephew Joey. Um, she wasn't willing to listen. She was not willing to change the path she was on. She was angry. Um, I was, had just gotten my first job uh, coming out of law school. I took a $20,000 loan on a credit card to put my nephew Joey in, in Valley Forge Military Academy. He was in sixth grade at the time to pay his way through that. And about five, six years ago, Miriam died of an overdose. It was the coroner ruled it accidental. We don't know. She went to sleep one night, had taken too many pills, and, and Joey walked in and found her dead. This is an absolute epidemic. We need leadership to solve it. We know how to secure the borders. What is missing is the political will to do it. And as president, I will secure the border. We will end this deluge of drugs that is flowing over our southern border and that is killing Americans across this country. Nice. Wow. That was a pretty sincere, uh, it sure was. powerful moment uh, with Ted. Sure was. You can tell why nobody likes him and why he can't get along with anybody right there. <laughs> yeah, you can, because he's better than they are. <laughs> he's a better candidate, and that's why they don't like him, and that's why they don't it's get along with him, because he's going to kick their ass in the, uh, in the primary season. <laughs> it's just season. ridiculous. It is. It really is. Well, I mean, that was powerful. Now, here's Trump's answer on drugs. Just to contrast. This will be good. New Hampshire has a tremendous drug epidemic. Uh -huh. Every time I go there, people come up to me and they say, Mr. Trump, what are we going to do? Drugs are pouring in. Look at that hair. I'm going to create borders. No drugs are coming in. We're going to build a wall. You know what I'm talking about. You have confidence in me. Believe me, no. I will solve the problem. They will stop coming to New Hampshire. Right. They'll stop coming you. to our country. And the people that are in trouble, the people that are addicted, we're right. going to work They're with them and try and anymore. make them better. And okay. we will make them better. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, wow. There. Ooh, you tell ah. me which was more powerful. I say Donald J. Trump. Ooh, you t you elect me. Trust me. I'm going to build a border and there will be no more drugs. And people who are on drugs, uh, trust me, we'll get them off. And it's going to be wonderful because they're going to get off of drugs because I'm going to get them off drugs. And when I say something, I mean it. And you can trust me. Believe me, they'll be off drugs. Every time I Everybody. come to New Hampshire, come up to me. The That's what happens every Mr. time. Mr. Trump. 
What can we do about the drugs coming into New Hampshire? Well, I mean, New Hampshire is the drug capital of Come the on. world. I, I did hear, was it last week I heard, it is a serious uh, heroin or meth well, or uh, something bad there, right? Well, that's why they were talking about heroin in the, in the, in the debate, because, yes, and the numbers are up, but numbers are up with uh, heroin use all over the country in uh, mm. middle America and especially uh, uh, white suburban America. The numbers are up strong with heroin all over the country. I like guess. in the Fort Worth area of Texas? Maybe? Fort Worth is one is of it? those areas in America that is up. Yes. Is it? I mean, huh. there's other, and that other happened, neighborhoods in started America. started happening when? Like four years ago? The numbers may have started increasing around that time around the country. It's possible. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, believe him. He'll solve the problem. They will stop coming to New Hampshire. He's talking about drugs. They will stop coming to our country. The people that are in trouble, the people that are addicted, we're going to work with them and try to make them better, and we will make them better. Think about it. Think about it. He's going to fix the border. The Why? economy, because the trade, he can. he can. The drug addiction problem, he's going to fix everything. You talk about a guy, and everybody made fun of Barack Obama for saying that uh, we're going to start to heal the planet. And what he was talking about was not necessarily him healing the planet, <laughs> by the way. He was Wait. going to pass legislation that would stop polluting the planet and it would begin to heal. Huh. Yeah. This guy's actually saying he's going to heal people. He sure is. Jeez, it's unbelievable. Uh, what was even more By the unbelievable? Way, if, you notice, if you notice that, mm -hmm. the difference is we got Donald Trump talking like that in his own ad. So there's no, there's you don't know how many times it took him to say it, how many times it mm -hmm. took him to record. He's in his office mm -hmm. as usual with his own stuff, and and then they they want to go up against Ted Cruz at a debate live off the top of his off the top of his head. Right. Come on now. I mean, please. Please. Um, and as I'm looking at, I'm just looking at the New Hampshire presidential race, according to Monmouth. Uh, Trump's up 30 to 14 uh, over Kasich. And then Rubio, uh, somebody else, and Cruz are, are following behind. I mean, Whoa. come on, New Hampshire. Please don't do this to us. Don't do it to us. Um, you know, it was even worse than Trump's answer. On, on the drugs uh, situation in, the, in his video, okay? That wasn't the debate, no. as you pointed out. No. Not the debate. In a recorded video was the this opening that ABC had for the debate on How Saturday night. How unbelievably I, bad that is that? was just incredible. I mean, if Donald Trump wants to start throwing down ABC for being stupid, and I'm I'd with say, him okay, that. go ahead. Yeah, I mean, because this was really bad. Take a look at what happened. New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Ben. Come on out, Ben. Come on, man. Ben, Ben. This is where you usually most stayed. networks have a director, a floor director. Well, they're telling him. Look at the I mean, guy behind him. Texas Senator Go. around out back, but usually someone. Oh. oh, the guy behind him is telling him, go, go. Watch the guy behind the curtain back there. He'll tell him again, because he already told him. Look. Go. 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 And he's, he continues to stay. Did, 
Trump comes out. He stands there Trump like a buffoon. Like his Trump's argument would be that I was trying to make that feel good. I don't know if that's yes. really. right. No, we no, we Former appreciate Florida Doofus Governor one Jeb and Doofus Bush. two standing there off to the side. Jeb's like Dr. Bush. <laughs> I'm going out there. I don't know about you two morons. Names are already called. You can all you want, but I'm going out there. Right? He just shakes. I love the Bush Please come shakes. out on the stage. He's and then they just say, well. there's your Dr. Republican Carson. candidates. And then oh, they finally realize Carson and Trump aren't out there yet. And then they realize the that somebody's still just standing there. And lastly, we welcome back to the debate stage Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. And lastly, get Trump to come out. And what about John Kasich? Is he involved? Listen. But Kasich. <laughs> Can I introduce so Kasich? noisy in here. Yes, yes. We're going to introduce Ohio Governor John Kasich. <laughs> Romeo says, what about Kasich? Can I announce him? <laughs> what about Kasich? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That is so bad. That is bad. Now, I just want to say that uh, it's a good choice, uh, GOP, that you went with ABC for that debate. Rather than like a schlock operation that would have screwed things up like the blaze. Right? Oh, man. Please. We could have done better than that. I'll tell you that right now. I guarantee. Trust me. It would have been better than that. I hadn't seen the... uh, Oof. (laughs) Is that bad? So much, but I want to watch it again. I hadn't seen the... The, the floor director. director telling him, yeah, get out there. Go. Go. And he looks right at him. Hey, stupid. Go. <laughs> and then he <laughs> and he turns to go, but then they announce the next guy. So instead of going, he just stands there again. Right. I, I mean, Carson is. Dude. Come on. Come on now. Get out of the race. You're not, uh, you stop. Okay. You're, not, you're not ready, bro. Get out of the race. Because if you're running for president. I mean, even, even, I mean, okay, so you didn't hear your name. They told you, hey, you're going to be second. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going to be the second in line. So you didn't hear your name. You know you're walking down the tunnel, and pretty soon one guy passes you. You're going to be president of the United States. You think, I'm going out. Yeah. It's a debate here. I'm right. going out. And then, okay, I didn't hear my name, but so what? They yeah. know who I am. I'm going out. Right. Let's go. And if they, even if they've named somebody else, okay, that person came out. Go out after him, and then they'll Correct. say, and Dr. Ben Carson finally comes out. Right. Or you just go out and look at the crowd like, hey, I'm here, too. Let's go. Right. Let's go. So we ridiculous, go. man. Oh. I do like, and they should have just left Kasich. And well, what about Kasich? No, we're not introducing him. He's been such a whiner on the Ted <laughs> sure Cruz thing uh, that I just can't, I can't take it anymore. He found new life with this. Uh, that is advice he's got to be getting from his people, right? Maybe. That he, that it's, it's life... That he found because this whole oh, it would be stupid to think that I was good, not going to be in the race up past South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, well, no, Ben. Uh, dude, you left. You're you the went one. Back to Florida. You're the one who said you were going back to Florida. You're the one who went back to Florida. Remember you're the one who got off the campaign trail. You're the one who did all this. You had to go back home and darn your socks for <sighs> for uh, whatever reason. It's excruciating. And, uh, and then it's Ted Cruz's fault. Yeah. It's now. excruciating. And Cruz, to his credit, has, has apologized repeatedly. Repeatedly. That, well, you know what? Enough. Enough of that. But seriously, I, I know. I, I think so, that. too. I think enough, so, too. Enough of that. Yeah. I was barely okay with the first one. I really you know, wasn't, because it, it wasn't his fault in the first place. Right. He had nothing to apologize for. I think for. that should, I mean, I would be okay with Ted saying, um, I'm not going to apologize. Right. It was a CNN report. Um, we reported what CNN said. Uh, the we reason were, that we have caucuses and primaries is to get other people's votes so that's what we're here for right so ben 
Sorry. Yeah, grow up. And move on. Grow up, man. If you can't take it, get out. Uh, it's time right now to tell you about a great company we love called Go. It's solar energy that's now affordable uh, thanks to Go. If you want to increase the value of your home, you want to save money at the same time, Go can help you do that. And it's installed at your home, not for forty or fifty or $60,000 like it, it is with other companies, but for $0 out of pocket. Plus, then you save 20 to 30% on what you're paying right now to power your home. So it's oh, like nothing? It's like nothing. Like $0 down, and then you save every month. Over 60,000 satisfied customers. Best warranty in the industry. Think Go. They're one of the biggest residential solar companies in America with over 60 local offices, so you don't ever have to worry about customer service. You don't have to worry about maintenance. So how much is it going to cost me? Are you just... I don't, to install it? Yeah. Yeah, zero dollars. Nothing. It won't cost you anything, Jeff. I mean, I know that's what you said, but really. No, it's really, really nothing. How much is it going to cost? Yeah, zero. Nothing. This much. As, as, my, as my granddaughter would say, this much. <laughs> so find out if Go is available in your area at GoSolarWithTheBlaze.com. Power your house more affordably with GoSolarWithTheBlaze.com. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu with uh, Jeff. Uh, Stu's still in San Francisco. Uh, have you heard? Have you enjoyed the game or not? I haven't heard from. Him. I don't care. I found a new <laughs> thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good point. I don't care. Yeah, I good really point. Don't. I mean, he does this every year and then he tries to rub it in. Yeah, I you mean, know, great. You went mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl, great. I know. How much money did you spend? Probably a lot. Uh, Based on what we saw while we were there, yes. holy crap. Yeah. I mean, just the, I mean, we stayed at the Slumption because it was (laughs) (laughs) so expensive to stay in San Francisco. Right. And the other thing, too, plus all the events were taking place in San Francisco. But I don't know if you know this or not, but the stadium, which I was surprised at. I didn't realize it was so far away. The stadium is in Montana. The San Francisco 49ers play in Montana. I don't know if you know that. Almost. (laughs) I mean, it's unbelievable how far Santa Clara is from San Francisco. It's a long way. We had driven in a car for quite a while. It's a freaking hour. There's a stadium. It's an hour. What? I, I mean, it's it's stupid. Maybe it was cheaper to build out there, and that's why they could get so much stadium for the money. I don't know what the deal was, but that's ridiculous. To call the, I mean, I mean uh, anyway. They, you know, they're anyway. almost the Monterey, California yeah. 40 So anyway, so all the events are taking place in San Francisco. But by the end of Saturday, everything has moved to the stadium. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got all the people in town partying and everything else. But all the people of anything that has to do with the Super Bowl. Gone. They're in Montana. I mean, they're, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, so it, it's really weird. It was, it was the first Montana show. Super Bowl ever, by the way. It was? First one, yeah. Wow. First one ever held in, in Montana. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that great? Pretty proud. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, <laughs> I don't know how proud San Francisco is. Not that proud. Yeah. They're not that proud. They should be. Uh, but it was a beautiful weekend. It was it really like was. 70 when we left. I think it was 76 at game time. It was really nice. It was really a nice day and a nice weekend, and it, it was, was fun to be there. But everything is really expensive. Um, and uh, it, the, we went to the Super Bowl. I guess it's the swag shop or whatever, yeah. where you get all the Super Bowl paraphernalia and, and clothing items. 
I mean, just the most meaningless of things, $400. Like yeah. a, oh, a little jacket for $400 because it says Super Bowl 50 on it. I mean, come on. Really? I know. I, know. It's, I mean, and, and tickets to the game were ridiculous. Ridiculous. I think they were saying... Uh... It was, it was either just just right around four thousand or five. I can't remember what the average was. Oh, the average was four or five. Yeah, and we the were. The last offered, thing I heard was like forty-two. I think we were offered 30, tickets five. for like twenty thousand, and we said mm, no, no. <laughs> That's, but I think that was because no. I mean, if you're, I don't know, somebody by the name of Glenn Beck, mm-hmm. uh, you need to go ahead and let somebody like oh I don't know Jeff Fisher buy your tickets. Because, you know, hi, uh, this is Glenn Beck. I'm looking for Super Bowl tickets. Uh, hold, please. I got Glenn on the line here. <laughs> yeah, tell him 20 we grand. Sure, we sure do. I was even going to soak him for 20 up. grand. We can hook him up uh, 20 <laughs> grand. That doesn't include parking. 25 with parking. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what yeah, happens. Come on now. <laughs> uh, but while we were there, we had a chance, and we, we played the first part of this about half an hour ago, but uh, Bart Starr Jr., uh, such a good guy. Uh, really Really a nice man and uh, a humble man. His dad, I believe, is as well. We didn't get a chance to meet him because he's, no, he's very disappointed. He's not uh, feeling very well right now, but he's, I guess, on the mend, according I to mean, his son. His so son we'll see. is so positive. Son about is his totally dad. positive about the outlook for his dad. He really is. Um, but here's part two of our interview with Bart Stark. He's been a man of faith, absolutely, most of his life. Yes, he's he's uh, he's quiet about it, but he's but he's very. Uh, uh, has very strong faith and, and uh, it's unshakable and um, really I know that has helped him in his recovery uh, I alluded to it a little bit out there that um, when we're trying to get him to take the next step and to push himself and to you know do the sort of things that you don't necessarily want to do um, he responds best to um, biblical readings and also to um, to music that, that that draws upon the the strength that he uh, he finds uh, in his savior. So uh, you have to find whatever anybody's and, and he would not denigrate those who do not feel the way he is. But it is really important to him, mm-hmm. and and uh, that's been very instrumental in him making a greater progress in, in his recovery. I think than otherwise he would have been able to do so. What does he think about the state of the game today? What does he think about the you know the NFL's changed a lot? As you mentioned, it was you know people made. Probably during your dad's uh, time period, an average of what ten thousand dollars a year or whatever, and then it went to a hundred, and then it, it was a million, and now it's you know ten or twenty million. Plus, the culture has changed uh, a great deal in the NFL. How, how has he felt of the of the change in the NFL and society? That's sort of a multifaceted question to try to answer. I'll, I'll take a stab at a, a couple angles. First of all, he doesn't have any sort of resentment towards those who make significantly more money even adjusted for time and inflation, you know, than he did. Yeah. I think he's proud of the legacy that they established in helping build the league and, and, and so forth. Uh, I, I think that he also understands that it's, it's not an easy role, whether you're talking about Commissioner Goodell or the, the league as a whole, trying to adjust to the, to the game as it is. The, um, they, they, I think they're well-intended whenever they put forth new rules and, and, and so forth. The, uh, he would be the first to tell you the game has become much more athletic, uh, mm-hmm. th- this wouldn't just be in football, but in any any um, sporting endeavor. Athletes today, he laughs when people say, "Boy, they're they're not as tough as they were back then." He said they were tough then, and they're tough now. He said, "You look at some of the the collisions that take place. 
That's why we've had to make, uh, the, or the league has had to make some of the changes with respect to the use of the helmet mm -hmm. in hitting right. people and so forth, because these guys are, are astonishing athletes. Their quickness is unparalleled, and th their NFL is trying to keep it entertaining, fast-moving, but redu reduce some of the risk that's inherent in the game. I think he believes that they've gotten it mostly right, and that's about all you can really do. And, mm -hmm. and, and based on the ratings, it's kind of hard to argue with that, that yeah, they've, really they've done more things right than wrong, and, it, and but we do live in a society where people want to jump on. Uh, they say, well, you know, the ref missed that call. Well, he might have gotten 98 calls in a row yeah. right. <laughs> the one that's that's wrong, it's a little bit. Well, we have we have replay for for some some of those. I know that was a very long-winded answer. I think Dad feels like like the the league has progressed, you know, very nicely since he played. He felt like he was in the right era for him. And yeah. he was definitely with the right coach and team. Yeah. And that's enough. Uh, when we do a show with Gledbeck, so we're used to long-winded answers. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, sorry, he's here still. I think one of the really interesting things about this particular event, your dad's breakfast, is it really relates to that uh, transition you were talking about from a football player being a middle-class guy who had a, a second job to mega superstars with all this money and temptation and everything that goes along with it. And, you, and you're able to highlight these guys like Thomas Davis, yes. who's, who is able to, in that environment, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost 20 times more difficult to do it in that environment and stay faithful and, and keep your character to the level that he does that. And, and that's, I think, why maybe this breakfast is so important. It is. When you, when you look at Thomas Davis's um, uh, legacy, and I, I alluded later on to the difference between his accomplishments and his legacy, and Thomas Davis grew up in, as a single, uh, in, in a single uh, a female household. He had nothing, but but in, in term, he had everything in terms of what his mother instilled in him with proper values that he is now carrying on, and he is reaching so many individuals. This was the 50th anniversary of Athletes in Action being established. It was the 50th anniversary this last fall of a boys ranch outside of Green Bay that my, my parents helped uh, co-found called Rawhide that's done the same sort of thing that, that Thomas is doing where they reach out, in this case, to troubled teenagers who, if you, if you can back up their lives, you see them at age 15 and they're, they're, they're off the tracks. If you just could go back several years, it's just such a fine line between staying right on the right path and getting off. And mom and dad have been very instrumental with that in, in turning around so many lives up, up in Wisconsin, getting these kids to go um, to, to, and it's a, it's a spiritually based uh, Christian home. And the stories would warm your heart, especially when you see these people when they're 40, 50, 60 years old that came through there maybe 45 years ago. Yeah. You think, oh my goodness, um, look what they've been able to, to transcend. Look what Thomas Davis has. That's what means so much for my parents. I can't wait to actually call them and tell them what it was like to meet Thomas, why they will, will be so honored to have his name on their award, because he is he's really a remarkable individual. Oh, to his credit, I mean, we sat at the table uh, at the at the breakfast with his family, sure. with his wife and four kids. Uh, so well-behaved. Yeah. Such great kids. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. It's a great household. Yeah. <laughs> you just, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So that was... That was pretty amazing. Um, now, you obviously didn't wind up in football. Um, what do you do? I, I'm a financial advisor in Birmingham. And, do people uh, ever say, Bart Starr? <laughs> I know that. I know yeah. that name. They, uh, I, I think every now and then they do. Yeah. And uh, uh, that's okay. You know, it's, uh, it's not like um, your Al Capone son or something. 99.99% so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of the time, that's going to work to your favor. And I think people will uh, will give you a chance, and and uh, 
Now that's that's a tremendous blessing to have grown up uh, with dad and mom as uh, as my parents, and uh, so I'll, I'll never ever forget to thank my lucky stars. Well, knowing how big of a uh, Packers fan Pat is, I'm just glad I got a question in. <laughs> Congratulations thank on you. that. that you did great, yeah. Bart, thank you. Appreciate thank you. For some reason, we were just talking about the ESPN announcer. Sports Center is brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers. Where do they get this guy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Where do they know. get him? Bill, you want to announce? Bye. Want right. to announce some sponsors? Yes, yeah, I, I do. do. Hey, honey, pass the salt, please. Talks like that at home, do you suppose? Oh, absolutely. I would think so, yeah. Uh, let's see. As we mentioned a little bit very briefly on uh, radio earlier today, 42% of Democrats, 42% are in favor of socialism. What is happening in America? Uh, for more than 4 in 10 Democrats say they have a favorable opinion of socialism. According to a survey of a, and this isn't some tiny little survey, it's a thousand people. Released in January by data and research firm YouGov, uh, this percentage is nearly identical to what the researchers found in May of last year. Among Republicans, those numbers look quite different. Thank you. Yeah, no kidding. Only 17% of Republicans have a favorable, still way too high. Oh, my God. For 17% of Republicans to say, yeah, I like socialism, that's pretty good. And 71%. Do you know what it is? 71%. Well, I, I would venture to say that 40 out of the 42%. That are in favor of socialism on the Democratic side don't even know what it is. May, uh, yeah. That could be. That could be. Seventy-one percent of Republicans have an unfavorable uh, opinion of it, and for the most part, it's it's the young people who are most in favor of socialism. Full, fully forty-nine percent of people eighteen to twenty-nine favor I mean, socialism, compared to twenty-three percent of sixty-five and up. On the whole, nearly half of all Americans uh, say they have an unfavorable opinion of socialism. I, I would hope low. it would be way too low. You know, ninety-five percent. What do you think a ninety-five-five split on socialism is about right in the United States of America? And we would be saying at that time, "What is the other five percent thinking?" Right. Yes. Look around the world. Look around the world, which they obviously do, and they just want their free stuff. Yeah, they do. They're, or they don't know it. what it is. They, they, they really don't know what it is. I'm not, I'm not joking about that. I just don't think they understand it. Well, and the Bernie Sanders of the world do a pretty good job saying, look at Denmark, things are really good there. Look at Finland. Uh, look at Norway. They have the greatest living in the world. They have the greatest quality of life. Yes. In the world. No, they don't. And the no, moral they equivalency of no, they uh, don't. You know, Wall Street, hey, the bank, big banks yeah. taking you down and right. they hate you. And, uh, right. You should be able to live. Every capitalist yeah. is in bed with Goldman Sachs yes. or whatever. I mean, shut up. It's, it's just absolutely asinine. And for them to say that, that European socialism is even desirable is insanity. It's insane. Go and live in Finland sometime. <laughs> I, my son did for two years. Almost nobody lives in a house, not a single family home. They all live in apartments. No, the people that have houses are the those people. Yeah, well, they're the elite. They're people the people who money. run the country. 
and everybody else lives in an apartment. Uh, and why do they live in an apartment? Well, because homes are too expensive when you pay the kind of taxation they pay. It costs somebody something for people to go to school, to go to college. What? Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a concept. But it's free. I know. That's what it's they say. It's free. You get to go to college for free. Well, you mean nobody's paying for it? That's awesome. No, someone <laughs> is paying for it, and it's the taxpayer. And they're paying a lot for it. And that's huh. why they have to live in a dumpy little apartment so you can go to college for free. Oh, and you hurt, fell down and got an owie and you want your, your health care for free as well? Well, that, it's, it's a right. absolutely free as well. It's a right. <laughs> it's a right. It's a right. Matt. It is. It's a birthright for, for all Finlanders and Norwegians. <laughs> uh, and soon Americans. Yeah, and soon Americans. It's coming here. I mean, when you have this kind of acceptance of it, yeah. how do you avoid that? And then it'll be too late. Yeah. Once you right. figure out, you're not the elite. Well, what did, what did Donald Trump, the leading Republican candidate, say? Uh, uh, socialized medicine works great in Canada and Denmark. And no, no, it doesn't. The people, and, and he no, knows it doesn't. He just lies. He does. He knows it doesn't. He does lie on a regular he basis. He, yes, he does. I mean, he knows it doesn't. How many, for years, we always heard of, the, of people from other countries, uh, including Canada, uh, coming to this country for health care because they didn't want to wait in line. Mm -hmm. they didn't want, it wasn't that it was better, although it usually is. Uh, it was also because they didn't want to wait in line. Uh, they wanted to, oh, my gosh, I just cut my finger. I think I want it fixed. I don't know. Now instead of next week when I can get in. Mm -hmm. um, we heard that all the time. Yeah, we did. Uh, as growing up. Do you hear it anymore? Do you ever hear about it? No. I mean, I mean, it obviously happens, but do you hear about it? No. So all the people, the young people, the, for, the in that 42% of the Democratic people that think socialism is okay, yeah, it's good. Well, they said it was good. They said it was good, so it's good. It's good. It's madness. It's absolute it. madness. Uh, meanwhile, the Pentagon is ordering the top brass to incorporate climate change. This is a what? really good idea. Incorporate climate change into virtually everything oh they gosh. do. Oh, my gosh. What? From testing weapons to trading troops to war planning to joint exercises with allies. It Take says, climate change into all of those plans. unbelievable. It says the military will not be able to maintain effectiveness mm -hmm. unless the directive is followed. <laughs> what? It orders the establishment mm -hmm. of a new layer of bureaucracy. Of course, you can't, you can't fight climate change without no, another you, level without of bureaucracy. More bureaucracy. A wide array of climate change boards, Good. councils, yes. and working groups Finally. to infuse climate change into programs, plans, and policies. Isn't it about time, Jeffy? Were you just yes. thinking the same thing as I was? Listen, anytime. It's about time. <laughs> Three words. It's, it's about, about time. time. As a matter of fact, that's a good campaign slogan <laughs> for the climate change. It is. It's about You're welcome. time. You're welcome. It's about time. Uh, the Pentagon defines resilience to climate change as ability to anticipate, prepare for, and adapt to changing conditions and withstand, respond to, and recover rapidly from disruptions. Now, how does a military prepare for climate change? If it, if it snows in, yeah. in uh, a hot weather place, is the military going to be deployed there yeah. and fight I mean, that's it? what we're doing, right? 
the Navy, I mean, we've got the Navy rescuing people. God. We've got, uh, it, so they're going to be, uh, instead of, uh, instead of the god-awful war-mongering military that we've been That's ruling the earth and the world for right, years, right. we need to just go and take care of people that we got need to, hurt you know, from disasters. Because mm. whenever there's a big storm, it snows, it rains, it's windy, we need to go help them. You know what we need to be, if I may be so bold? Uh, we need to be a global force for good. That's what we need to be. You, my friend, are a genius. A global force for good. Now, you can use that. Oh, wait, they already are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so stupid. You know what I say to that, Pat? It's about It's time. about time. It's about time. <laughs> And North Korea claims that a rocket successfully put a satellite into space. Uh, they said a launch of a long-range rocket succeeded in putting yeah. a satellite into orbit. That's congratulations yeah, on, said... on joining the 20th century. It's now the 21st, but we can do that in about the <laughs> mid-20th century. A way to go, North Korea. That's, well, the last couple that's have great. gone not that well. That's great. Well, you know what they say, though, when they launched those rockets and they exploded altitudes that seemed to be not quite as high as they as you would like? Uh, a lot of people are thinking those are EMT, EMP tests, right? EMP. Yeah, uh, that was. Mm -hmm. I thought that was more with the Iranians, though. Uh, the North Korean ones, they didn't make it to the even the EMP. They didn't uh, make height. it to the EMP level. There were a couple of the uh, couple of North Koreans that, that made, could be, that uh, made it maybe. to um, I don't know the the backyard height. <laughs> backyard. <laughs> wow, that high? Yeah. Did they yeah. really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, the rocket. Put the Kwang uh, Song, the Shining Star Earth Observation Satellite, into space. Are on we Sunday. letting these dingleberries have an Earth Observation Satellite? I don't, I don't know. Here's an idea: let your people watch television, and then maybe they'll have access to <laughs> satellites. You don't get one, right? You don't get one. Yes, what Jeffy said. The success, if confirmed, represents another stride by the Kim Jong-un regime in it, its efforts to develop a missile that can fly as far as the U.S. mainland. Uh, North Korea said there'd be more rocket launches to come, too. So, <laughs> Put that woo! in your pipe and smoke, smoke it. Smoke it. Yeah. Be afraid. <laughs> be very, very afraid. You know afraid. what? Seriously, you don't or get not. one. Hey, hey, Kim. Yeah. Take you and your little um Jung people and <laughs> dude, that's enough. Okay? Enough. I had just about enough of him. I think I'm turning into Donald Trump on him. Are you? I think I am. What are you going to do about I it? I think I am. I, you know, we're going to do something. Yeah, huge. we're going to do something we're, huge. You're not, you know what? We're going to make him so mad because we're beating him so bad that he's right. just going to give up. You're just going to keep winning against North he's Korea. going to give up. Right now we're losing to Mexico, North Korea, South Korea, uh, Outer Mongolia. Right? So but when Trump's elected, we'll win in all of those places. Yes. Right? Yes. The Outer Mongolians are kicking our ass right now. He's going to stop We're not going to have that anymore. You know. No more. It won't, he won't have it. <laughs> Kim Jong is that's it. He's going to lose. <laughs> more patents, too. Uh, with our friend Jeffy coming up. Please stop. Tomorrow, uh, they'll be voting in old New Hampshire 
where the wind comes sweeping down the plains. Ah. Wait. Is that, is that where that happened? That's where that happened. Sure. Yeah, that's New really? Hampshire. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so big vote tomorrow. Um, and it looks like Trump is way ahead in the polls. But it looked like he was way ahead in Iowa, yes, too. Yes, it did. So I'm not convinced. And he's already making... Uh, yeah, he's making some he's noise like making, maybe he won't win. Yeah. Like, you know, we don't really maybe. need New Hampshire and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we're in South Carolina. And it was like, Donald Trump, is that you? I know. I, know. I thought you were a winning winner who only won. I mean, the, the wins. I'm a winning winner who I mean, he's wins. He's already laying the groundwork for possibly losing New Hampshire, and I thought that was his whole point of the groundwork of beating up Cruz for winning in Iowa, yeah. so that he could come back and win in New Hampshire and say, uh, "See, uh, what in New Hampshire? That's because uh, Cruz right. screwed me out of votes uh, uh, in Iowa. Mm-hmm. They did it wrong. They ought to recount that." He will do that too. Right. He will do that. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, tomorrow in New Hampshire, whether anybody comes close to him, because he was up 30 to 14 over Rubio in the latest poll I saw. No, it wasn't Rubio either. It was uh, it, the Monmouth poll was uh, Trump 30, Kasich 14. In some other poll... Yeah, Kasich's really strong. In some other poll, it was Trump about 30... And then Rubio and Cruz at 14 and 13. Kasich's been all over the Granite State. Yeah. All over the Granite State. Kasich's making a push. Live live free or die. That's going to drive me out of my mind if this keeps him in the race. Please don't keep Kasich in the race. Please don't. Come on, New Hampshire. Don't do this. Look, look, as bad as we beat up ABC, even they knew. Why do we need to announce them? (laughs) I know. Jeez. I mean, come on. That was awesome. Awesome. (laughs) They almost (laughs) forgot John Kasich. Oh, yeah, and John Kasich, too. He's here. <laughs> Come on out. <laughs> Come on. Come on out. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So, as we're traveling this weekend, uh, speaking of New Hampshire and mm-hmm. presidential candidates, we're traveling this weekend and we're, you know, spending some time in automobiles and I have the time to, you know, scroll through my phone and just pay attention to a few things that I don't normally pay attention to. And I see that I have a new follower on Twitter. Oh. And I'm excited. Yeah. Because I have, you know, I have a number of followers. Not, I mean, I have like 21,000 or something like that. Not that very, not wow. that many. Not that's that many. pretty good. That's, uh, that's a lot. Not, not really. Not according, you know, I mean, compared to the big boys, I'm nothing. But anyway. Still. Uh, still. Right. 21,000 so, Twitter followers? So, but I have a new one that I'm more proud of than any of them, I think. Okay. Just kidding to the ones, that, those of you that follow me. Uh, Jim Gilmore. Not the Jim Gilmore. The Jim Gilmore. The former governor the of Virginia Jim running Gilmore. for president right now. The campaign right now. who we are keeping alive who got 12 votes. votes. Who garnered yeah. 12 hard-working votes Not, not 12% of the vote. Not not 12,000 votes. He got... Well, you're talking crazy 12 talking crazy votes. Guy, yeah. Guy, it's, I mean, Gil Mentum's got to start somewhere. <laughs> and it did. It, just, it did. It started it did. in Iowa with 12, with 12 votes. But anyway, uh, he... But he's now, following you he's following on, on Twitter, Twitter now? So I want to thank Governor Gilmore. Love you. Uh, that's pretty oh, awesome. Yeah. I love you. And we're gonna, that's pretty awesome. We'll keep your campaign alive as much as we can for you because we <laughs> believe in you, okay? We've done it before. Believe me. We've done it before. Uh, when he got into the campaign in 2012, Rick Santorum had like zero or one or two percent. Where did he right? wind up? He wound up second. We almost got him there. Right. We oh, pushed. he should have been there. We pushed hard. He should have been there. That uh, was his time. Ted Cruz started at about 2%. This is his time. This is Jim Gilmore's time. This is, 
We're going to push. Well, we might have to wait. Jim might take Jim a little bit longer. (laughs) You think? He's he's just a tad bit of bigger hill (laughs) to climb. Yeah, he does. Might not. Yeah. It's amazing that he keeps going, isn't it? I love it. Uh, It's awesome. Good for him. He believes in America. Believes in the mm-hmm. Republican GOP standard of life, even though they keep raining on his parade. Yeah. Won't let him be a Bastards. part of the debates. Uh, They're poo-pooing Gilmentum. <laughs> it's ticking me off. It's the man keeping him down. It's the exactly man. right. Yeah. Exactly right. All right. Triple eight seven two seven back. Meanwhile, wanted in China, more male teachers to make boys men. Good. Yeah. It's about it's time. Important. Yeah, again, it's about time, just like with the uh, global warming this, this thing. This is almost like a global slogan now. That's like the U.S. slogan. Yeah. The history class uh, began with a lesson on being manly. Lin Wei, 27, one of a handful of male sixth grade teachers at a primary school in China, has made a habit of telling stories about warlords who threw witches into rivers and soldiers who outsmarted Japanese troops. Men have special duties, he said. They have to be brave, protect women. Take responsibility for wrongdoing. Yes. That's true, though. I mean, China's coming around to that. What kind of world are you living in? I know. Oh, my gosh. Wait till you hear this. Oh, boy. Worried that a shortage of male teachers has produced a generation of timid, Mm -hmm. self-centered, effeminate boys. Oh, my. Chinese educators are working to reinforce traditional gender roles and values. How about that? Think about that for a second. The communists in China are trying to reinforce gender roles while we're trying to eliminate them. We sure are. You can't uh, can't even, it doesn't matter, just across the board, you're anything. You can be eight things at once. You can be one thing. You can be zero things. You can be anything. And you don't really even have to be that thing. You You just just consider yourself that thing. And you can be that thing one day and a different thing the next. Right. Here in America, you can be whatever gender you want to be or no gender at all. But the, but males, unreal. men are supposed to be brave, protect women, take responsibility for wrongdoing. And that's because we've made them self-centered and effeminate over the years. We're changing Sexism. That. Wow. In Zhengzhou, wow. a city on the Yellow River, schools have asked boys to sign pledges to act like, quote, real men. No, no, I've got to have to sell my, I've got a time, right? I've got a time share I, I have three of them, and I'm, I'm selling them all because out. this is unacceptable. I can't take, I'm not going in there. Shanghai, principals are trying boys-only classes with courses like martial arts, computer repair, and physics. In Hangzhou, <laughs> in eastern China, uh, educators have started a summer camp I was going to buy West one Point there. Boys. Now I can't. Now you can't. Complete with Taekwondo classes and the motto, we bring out the men and boys. Wow, this is sexism. We this is bring racism. out the men and boys. This is homophobia. We this bring is out Islamophobia. The men and boys. This is phobophobia. It's about time. Wow. We bring out the men and boys. Yep. It's about time. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. I tell you, something's wrong when the Chinese are trying to reinforce gender and we're trying to eliminate it. There might be just be a problem in America. Think about it.